Am I the only one? Wow. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the, the camp was exceptional. Radian and I got to go up there and share to the leaders. And we were there one night, uh, Wednesday night, and it was absolutely off the hook. I encourage you always get your kids to camp. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a life changer. And, and it was just the presence of God. It was so rich and thick and such a wonderful time. We're going to dive into the word right now. Would you say this with me, the authentic church? The authentic when I first started this series, for some reason, I couldn't say that word authentic. I'll never forget that night. I said everything about around the word, but that Saturday night, I just couldn't say authentic. So I didn't plan it, but I was being pretty authentic because it wouldn't come out. The whole series is about us being an authentic church and an authentic people and authentic families and authentic relationships and authentic sons and daughters of Christ. Today I want to talk to you about something that I think is very, very, very authentic. The title of this today is Truth Is, if you've ever seen that trending on Facebook before, and we're going to dive in, you'll, you'll find out real quick where, where we're going with this. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for our guests. I ask you bless them. Bless them in Jesus' name. Touch those that have never made a relationship, created, began a relationship with you. I pray today that they would start it. Father, their life be changed for eternity. Father, we just lift up the auction dinner and ask that you bless it. Father, I pray that you bless this time. Father, open our ears and our, our hearts our minds to your word. Holy Spirit, we don't have to beg for your presence. We don't have to get down on our knees and beseech you for your presence. You're here because two or more are gathered in your name. We ask, have your way this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, how do you think a young person is going to be able to keep the fire of God in their heart from like a camp experience, or an older person. How do you keep the passion in your heart to serve Christ, not just like coming to church and, you know, just kind of making it and kind of lukewarm, but, but, but a passion. What is it? What is the logs that you throw on the fire? What has God given me and you in order to know how to love him and love one another? You've heard of a football playbook, maybe a baseball, basketball, soccer playbook, but, but what is the playbook for your and my life? Is there something out there that tells us what is family? What really is marriage? How do you do family? How do you raise your kids? How do you do business? All these different things. Is there something that tells us that? And I want to let you know today that there is something that God has given me and you. And I pray to God that by his Holy Spirit that he would do a work in each of our heart and a conviction in the area of what I'm preaching towards today. Listen to the scripture, Deuteronomy 8, verse 30. So he humbled you, talking to those that were scattered in the desert, rambling around the desert for 40 years. He allowed you to hunger, and he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. The definition of manna is, what is it? Come out of your tent and you're like, what is these cornflake-looking, sugar-covered pieces of, what is it? 
What is it? What is it? There's what is it all over the ground. If you try to pick up what is it and save some of it for a few days, rotten, worms would eat it. What is it? God wants you in the word on a daily basis. Give us this day our daily bread. What is it? What is it? What is it? With manna which you did not know nor your fathers know, that he might make you know. That he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. But man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We are extremely natural. We're humans. And I think deep in every one of us, we think that we're going to live off of pizza and meats and bacon for some people. Power bars. I like Laura bars. And we think that we're going to live off of this bread, cornbread, black-eyed peas, boiled peanuts, whatever you like, whatever culture. You think that you're going to live off of that, but the Bible makes it very plain and very clear that you will not live by food, bread alone. You may exist. You may walk around. You may look alive, but I'm going to let you know right now, you will never be fully alive. Say that with me, fully alive. You'll never be fully alive off of just natural human resources. The only way that you can ever be fully alive is man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You will not be fully alive by eating your toast in the morning, your meatloaf at lunch, your pizza at night. You have got to be in the word of God. Everybody say word up. You might exist, you might be breathing, but I'm going to let you know right now because God's word is true. Every man be a liar. You are not fully alive unless you're in the word of God. You might say, J.O., I got a pulse. Oh, yeah, you got a pulse. I'm talking, you talk. You exercise, but you ain't fully alive because the Bible makes it very clear the only way that you're going to be fully alive is if you're in the word of God. Ronald Reagan said that within the covers of the the Bibles are the answer for all the problems man face. In the covers of the Bible, in the covers of right there, and that not 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 whatever, however you got it, it could be on your iPad. Right there, that I hope you carry with you at all times. It it has the the the, the answer to every problem that you're going to be faced with. Amen. That's the best-selling book of all time. Did you know that? Five, Guinness Book of World Records says, five billion Bibles have been sold. You know what's next running, second running to, to five billion Bibles? is 200 million books of this. I won't tell you, you know, what it is because, you know, you may have read it, you may not, I don't care about that. But the second running to, to the Bible, 200 million, 200 million compared to 5 billion books of, 5 billion Bibles, the best-selling book of all time, been translated into 349 languages. 2,123 languages, at least in one book of the Bible. We're talking about the Bible today. Now, if you were the devil, 
what would you try to twist? What would you try to trick people with? What would you definitely get out of every place of education? What would you cause people to be too busy to read? How would you use it to, 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 to confuse people, condemn people? What would you use? I, I, I think that he might just try to use the Bible. Think about it for a minute. Everything that we know about God and heaven and hell, eternal life, salvation, redemption, creation, everything that we know about the character of God, everything we know about who we are in Christ comes out of one book, the Bible. I, 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 I think you should read it. I'm here today as a pastor. If it, it wouldn't do any good if I got down on my knees. I mean, I'll get on my knees in a heartbeat and say, you are to read the Bible every day. I ain't going to do no any good. The Holy Ghost's got to do something inside of you. Knowing the truth will set you free. I hope that the truth gets in your guts and your heart today that set you, not just hearing the truth, knowing the truth in here of what the Bible truly is, that you have a great conviction when you walk out of here. You're like, I'm never going to go another day without reading the Word of God in the morning, the evening. I'm going to meditate on the Word. Man, I hope that something just, whoop, clicks on that would change your, your life when it comes to the Bible. B I B-L-E, basic instruction before leaving earth. You got that? You got that? Say that with me. Basic instructions before leaving earth. How many of you have ever heard of that before? A lot of you haven't. We, we need to say that again then. Basic Bible. Don't you think that the enemy tries to attack the Bible and twist the Bible and take it out of every place of education, school? Boy, it, can you just, hey, forget about being a Christian just for a moment. Can you see the impact of taking the Bible out of high school and where high schools have went? Out of every place of education, just by taking the Bible out, try take 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 it out of being a, a book that we educate people. Take prayer out. I tell you what, hey, it's old school, it's obsolete, it's not new for you know, it's not cool. It's not. I want to let you know today, ma'am. I think we need to get stitches out. You know the stitches. Of, what are they called? Sutures, Sutures. and suture up our brains <laughs> because we're so open-minded, our brains have fallen out. Is that okay to say? Man, don't be so open-minded that your brains are falling out as you walk down the road, man. We need to suture them brains back up, suture that skull back up, right? Amen. And get back to the B-I-B-L-E, man. That's the book for me. I'll stand upon the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Amen. The B-I-B-L-E. Are you with me? Have you read the Bible cover to cover? Have you read it multiple times? Do you read the Bible every day? 
If the Bible setting there and the cosmopolitan setting there, what are you going to choose? Okay? I don't have nothing against girls reading the cosmopolitan unless that's all they read. Then we got a problem, Houston. What do you think the devil tried to do with Jesus? Now, this is the Son of God. This is God in the flesh. And what did the devil use? How did he use it? What did he try to do in the, in the day of Jesus? I, I'm going to read this. I, I come to the conclusion that I have, and it just is what it is. It happens a lot of weekends. I have way too many notes. So I'm just going to take my time with where I end up. Amen? So I want you to look at this today, Matthew 4, 1 through 10. And we're just going to read this and, and see what takes place. And if you've got your Bibles, you should use it right now. Praise God. You don't have to just use the Sky Bible. You can use the one in your lap, right? I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, the, the Bible just straighten out some crazy theological twisted areas in our life. I like the very beginning. This is not what I'm preaching on today, but all of a sudden I just read it this morning. I go, that's, that's something right there. And Jesus was led by the Spirit into the happy place. Jesus was led into the Spirit into the blessed place. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Bam! That'll mess with your theolo theology, right? Just roll that up and smoke a little bit of that in your theological pipe or whatever. That right there is pretty stretching. That Jesus was led by the Spirit. I don't want you rolling up nothing, but my, my, my point here is that, listen, listen, the scriptures, you want to read them, you, you'll, you'll, if, you, if you just say that, man, Jesus is all about me being happy, I'm just, this is my happy place, and if I'm not happy, it has nothing to do with Jesus, well, that one, this is not even what I'm preaching on today, but Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for a purpose to be tempted by the devil. Wow. And when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, after he was hungry. I'm, I'm hungry at the end of four services. I'll be hungry at 1.30 baptizing people. Like, we need to baptize you quick. Because, no, I won't, I won't do that, but I'll be hungry. Just teasing. Put down your stones. Just teasing. But how many of you, after three days, you're hungry? How many of you are hungry like after four hours? Right? Jesus, 40 days, and man, he's hungry. And this is what took place, for, fasted 40 days, 40 nights after he was hungry because he was a man, 100% man, 100% God, both. Now, when the tempter came to him, he says, hey, if you are the son of God, look at that, look at that right there. He's always trying to get in your brain to Put doubt in your mind of who you are, why you exist, where you're going. Who are you? Who are you? If you're the son of God, look what he says. Command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, it is written. 
Say that with me, it, it is written. Can you say that? Whenever you're being tempted by the devil and you're going through the desert time and all hell's breaking loose in your life, can you say it is written? Can you really say it is written and back it up? Can you say it is written and come out with, with the scriptures that's been hidden in your heart? Or are you going to say it is written? Mary had a little lamb, his feet was white as snow, and everywhere Mary went, lambs were surely go, and you don't even know what you're saying? Huh? Or do you have the word of God hidden in your heart? It is written. Jesus was locked, cocked, ready to rock. Because here he is, 40 days in the desert. The, the, the enemy tries to, to get in his brain, and he, he, phew, he had it hidden right here. Look what he says. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Guess where he got that out of? It wasn't Disneyland or Disney World or some, 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 some storybook. He got it out of the, the book of Deuteronomy, hidden in his heart. Are you with me? Can you say it is written? I know you can say that. But can you back it? Is the word of God in you? Are, are you in the word of God? More so is the word of God inside of you. And he goes on to say, then the devil took him up to the holy city. I like that. It's like the devil took him to church, right? <laughs> Set him on the pinnacle of the temple. Wow. The devil can come as an angel of light. You would never think the devil would take you to the temple, the holy city, would you? And he says, if you're the son, there he goes again. If you're the son of God, you commit suicide. He says this, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels over you. Now look at that right there. Now the devil has played into what Jesus was doing. What did, what did the devil use? It is written. You think the devil is a little red guy with a little pitchfork and a long red tail? Little, I got news for you. The devil is an, a wise old adversary. Now, we have authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm it. But do you know that? Do you know how to walk in your God-given authority? Okay? If you don't think the devil has any power, I have news for you. There's times where Paul didn't go to a city because the enemy had held him up. He was stymied, right? I'm just being, I'm just being honest with you today. So the, Jesus says it's written, and then the next thing the devil says, it is written. What does the devil quote? Look. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. What the devil just quote? One of my favorite Psalms, Psalms 91. Oh my goodness. You better know your Bible. You better know your word. Jesus, look what he does. It is written. Again. It is written again. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Guess where that came out of? Deuteronomy. I think Jesus likes the book of Deuteronomy. I do too. We planted this church out of Deuteronomy chapter 8. I love this. I mean, it's just amazing. 
Look what the devil does. And again, the devil took him. Wow, the devil took him? Something else you can smoke in your theological pipe. The devil took him? Up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give if you fall down and worship me. Uh, can I share something to you for free? There's something about worship. You better know who you're worshiping. You better be a worshiper. Encourage it highly. Um, we're only going to get a little more crazy in our worship at Heart of the City Church. I want everyone to know who I worship and why we worship and who we're... And, we're going to continue to worship. Like David said, we might get even more undignified than this. I want to tell you right now, you're worshiping something or somebody. And I think we need to make it very clear who we're worshiping. There's something about worship. If the devil used worship, I'm telling you, there's something about worship. And, and look, what, look what takes place. Again, the devil took him up and exceedingly high place. Hey, fall down here, worship me. And Jesus, so I, I can see Jesus is like, hey, man, I'm, I'm sick of this right here. Just look at it. He says this. Away with you, Satan. You played your cards, man. You played them all out. I see your hand. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Quote, Deuteronomy for the third time. Can you say it is written? Can you back it with the word of God in your heart? How will you know? If in that day and time where you're being tempted and tested, how will you know if it's an angel of light? Well, Satan still to this day, 2015, wants to twist God's word and wants to use it against me and you. Listen to this scripture out of 1 Timothy 4.1. Now, this, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons what we use the bible uses some words that we don't typically use every day like the word doctrine the doctrine just is basically teachings teachings of demons i don't see a, a, a demon coming and saying hey let me get your attention today i'm just going to teach you some demonology <laughs> he, he wouldn't come that way the bible says that you know he, the devil you know he can come as an angel of light right listen to this out of the message for, uh, verses 4, 1, and 2. The Spirit makes it clear that uh, as time goes on, some are going to give up on the faith and chase after demonic illusions, but uh, put forth by, listen to this, professional liars. The devil's a liar, the Bible says. The father of lies. No truth in him. These liars have lied so well and for so long that they've lost their capacity for truth, right? How will you have a clue if you're being lied to? How will you know what's truth and what's not true? And how will you be able to discern these things if, listen to me, if you're not in God's word on a daily basis? Come on. Let me get back down on my knees. Can I get you in God's word every day? How many of you feed your children, you, you, you mothers, you, you fed them at, you know, two, three months? What is it called? Ger Gerber. Gerber. 
Gerber, right? How many of you now are still feeding your kid Gerber at 20? <laughs> Come here, little Johnny. <laughs> we don't do that. That's, thank you. I like that. Who said that? That's jacked up weird, man. So you think pastors should do that? I want to lead and feed and seed and do everything a pastor should do. But I think one of the best things I can do is get you to feed yourself so that you can hear the word of God. You hide the word of God in you. And all of a sudden, man, you got to make a crucial decision. You're not pulling it out of your intellect. Man, all of a sudden, there's a file cabinet inside your heart, and the word of God just starts coming out. He speaks through his word of God, and, and you know how to love your wife. And in a tempting, testing moment, you do the right, you make the right decision because that word of God inside you begins to speak, and you're convicted by the Holy Spirit, and you know what's right and what's What's wrong and what's true and what's not true. Why? Because you've hidden the word of God in you and you can make those decisions. It just starts to come on, but the word's got to be in you, right? How can this look, J.O.? I think one of the, the, the most common things that most people can do in this day is that, you know, I want to justify the way I'm living now. And I want the scripture to fit my life. Do you get that? It's like, this is just who I am. And I need to find a scripture or two just to back who I am. And, and I just need a, I just need a, yeah, scripture, you just need to line up with me. And that's not the way that is to be played out. The Bible says, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, right? So you don't want to, to say, well, I was born this way, and therefore, because I'm born this way, this is just the way that I'm going to be. And I, I, and I, I, I got a couple scriptures to, to just, it doesn't work that way. I was born jacked up. Now, if you're new to the church, you're like, J.R., are you saying that little infant right there in her arms right there is, is uh, you know, what are we saying about that? I'm saying that little baby in your arms is a sinner. Oh, J.R., look at that nice little baby right there. Give that baby three years. Give that baby three years. Most selfish creature on the face of the earth. The only thing they know how to say is, mine? No. Give, right? How, parent, how many parents did you teach your kids that? You, you just, you know, no, they're born into sin. And guess what? Then they choose to sin, okay? So we don't, I don't think as a believer, as a Christian, that we have the right to stay however you were born to stay and just say, you know what? Uh, I've seen people try to justify and use the word of God for prejudice. Man, right here, white power. Or back up slavery. How do you think cults come? I mean, cults come about from two or three scriptures. We're going to pick them out. We're going to work these scriptures right here, right? Are you with me? We can't do that. We're not, we're not called as Christians to, to conform to the world, but be transformed. What's transforming? It means metaphor. In the Greek, it's metapho. Okay, metamorphosis. So however you are born. However you were bent born, 
Come on. God wants to metamorphose you into being like Jesus. I don't care however you're been. It doesn't matter to me. Okay? God wants to transform you into the image of Jesus. How does he do that? Through his word, through the renewing of his mind. Think about it just, uh, uh, just for a moment. A tadpole. Right? Tadpole. Does that tadpole always stay a tadpole? No. It wasn't born to stay a tadpole. It was born to be a frog. Now, I know that's not glorious. But it's better than a maggot and a fly. Right? The one we like to use as Christians are, I'm in a cocoon. I'm a caterpillar. And I'm coming out a butterfly. Right? That's what we like to use, metamorphosis. But that's really what God wants to do in our life. And he does that through the renewing of our mind according to the word of God. Listen, you can't say, you know, don't do this. Don't say, this is how I am. This is how I'm going to stay and conform your life to the world instead of being transformed by God's word and saying, wait, you know what? Because I feel like doing this, it must be good. And therefore, this is how I'm going to live. And you, you, you can't call what God calls sin as good in your life. You, don't do that. That's dangerous. It's, the, the Bible just warns us over and over about, listen to these scriptures, Proverbs 21, uh, 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the heart. We want to make our sinful ways. Me too. Me too. I'm, are we all in the same boat here? Just want to take a vote. All in the same boat that we're all sinners? I'm not here to pick on any one sin. I'm here just to pick on sin. Did you get that? I'm not here to pick on any one sin. All right? I'm here to pick on sin because my sin is no better than your sin. And sin is sin and sin is sin. Sin is sin. And we're all sinners, right? On my, on my best day, I'm a sinner. Right? Okay, I'm fighting. But don't, but don't call what God calls sin that it's not a sin. Then we're not playing on the same equal playing fields. How about the woman caught in adultery and all of a sudden they drag her out and, hey, she's caught in adultery in the very act. And she looks at Jesus and goes, I didn't sin. He goes, go sin no more. Wait a minute, Jesus. Hey, hey, go sin no more. I'm not a sinner, man. You can't do that. Are you with me? You know, the adulteress, the Bible says, Proverbs, the adulteress, she does her thing, she wipes her mouth and she says, it's all good. I'm paraphrasing there, right? J-O version, okay? Listen to this one, Deuteronomy 12.8. You shall not at all do as you were doing here today, every man doing whatever is right in his own sight or his own eyes. Proverbs 14.12. There is a way that seems right to man. How many of you know it's pretty popular these days if it feels good, do it? Yeah. If it... If I did everything that I thought felt good, do you know where I would be? Jail. Dead. Dead. Jail. Divorced. 
No, because my wife would kill me. Dead? Right? Now, we're talking about the authentic church. Can we be authentic? Religious people that just like, oh, I'm getting the weebie-jeebies. I better hit the, where's the back door? But we're being real, right? The church, we can't make the word of God conform to us. Your goal for the rest of your life, every day, is to become like Jesus. And we have the B-I-B-L-E that points us in that direction. Isaiah 5.20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light, light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. How will you know what's good and evil, light and darkness, bitter and sweet? I can tell you. The word is spelled out very, very clear. All you got to do, I'm not going to, you and I, we're not going to be judged by the Constitution of the United States. You're not going to be judged by the Supreme Court justice. You're not going to be judged by the law of Coeur d'Alene. You're going to be judged, listen to me, by the word of God. That's what we're going to be judged by. So that's what we live by is the word of God. Are you, are you with me today? We're called to protect the scriptures and to exalt the scriptures and lift up the scriptures and live according to the scriptures. If you think that the scriptures at all in the scriptures, there's some type of flaw, I got news for you. I believe every word of God is absolutely perfect and there's absolute truth that you can live your life by. That Bible is, ap- is due north, man. It is a pure north. Are you with me? My son's moving forward to say, Dad, you're done. I got it through about one-third of the sermon. Let me, let me have my first closing. Why should you be in the Word every day? The, the world is in you every day. The world is trying to control. Your relationship with your girlfriend is trying to control you. The education, everything around you, the, the world is just bombarding us from the outside. Jesus wants to transform us from the inside. Let me show you the power of God's word today. Look at this. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living. Don't ever open the Bible and go, this dusty book right here, what's it got to do? How can it's, it's alive? Everyone say it's alive. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Peers and even to the division in soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and the discernment of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Second closing. The scriptures are like this. How many of you looked in a mirror this morning? And just be very, it doesn't mean that you're conceited or anything. We want you to look in a mirror. How many, how many looked in a mirror this morning? Oh, some of you didn't. 
I want to know how you put that makeup on, that mascara, and you did the hair like that right there. Let's try that again. How many of you looked in a mirror this morning? Most of you, a few not. The Bible is that way. The Bible is like this living mirror. All of a sudden, we're in it in the morning, and that, that word begins to speak. Why does it speak? Because it speaks because it's alive. And, and before you know it, it's like, hey, there's lust right there in the corner of your eye. I think you got a little greed right in your goatee right there. You need to get that greed out. How about, how about, how about, how about right there? Unforgiveness, right? On the corner of your cheek. How, how, how about uh, on the tip of your tongue? Uh, this is a little bit of lying, by the way. A little lying on the tip of your tongue. This, this, some people got dimples, you know what I'm saying? There's a little sexual immorality right in that dimple right there. And the Word of God is able to absolutely, every day when you're in it, it just it has this way of mirroring us and to, to transform us from the inside out. How many of you, and just be very honest, I, I just want you to kind of make a commitment. I think it's an okay commitment that you say, J.O., I need to read the Word every day. Would you just raise your hand? Conviction, Holy Spirit, conviction. You're going to read it every day. Conviction, Holy Spirit, conviction, conviction. When all hell is released on you and you say it is written, do, do you have the am, ambition? Do you have the word hidden in your heart to come back? Are you lock, cock, ready to rock? When the, in, the enemy wants to just take you out. And it ain't going to be by a machine gun. It's not going to be by your strength. It's going to be by the spirit of the living God in you and the word of God. It is written. Amen. Will you stand to your feet this morning?